0: May loren de cipro gondalidosta, carrying us by the wing of the Spirit, may so pray the bond that sad sadai, allowing us to glean from what the Father has in stock for this while. May your name be glorified, O King of heaven. In Jesus' holy name we are praised. Amen and amen. Please let's take our seats for a few minutes. I'm so glad to be among you today. It is quite interesting that we are getting freer and freer by the grace of God from this COVID. Is it pandemic or non-demic? Because the usual custom of the church is that when you finish like that, you you greet one another. But now I see that your noses are covered, amen. And some of us are bulletproof of the this. Hallelujah. But however, you can put your hands together for the King of Heaven. Amen forevermore. I'm so delighted with the songs that you are singing because they are from the Spirit. And I'm so grateful to God for giving us privilege that He has given to us to be sons of God. I thank God for this church because my first concern in my my creation as a created being is you. You are the first purposes for which God created me, that I may gather a people and teach them the way of the Lord, that they may understand the truth of God according to the book of Isaiah, which I will read to you very quickly. In chapter 2 of Isaiah, verse 2, he says, In the last days, I read the NIV, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains." And I believe that Christ Peter Banakul is part of the mountain of the Lord. Why did I say that? It will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream into it. In this church we have people from various nations too. And it says many, will, many people will come and say, Come, let us go up to the house, to the mountain of the Lord. To the house of the God of Jacob. Why? He will teach us his ways. Christ Peter Banakul is a church that teaches the ways of God. He helps Christians to read the Bible by themselves. He only assists you as you read the Bible to understand how the Bible thinks and reasons, so that you can reason like the Bible reason. And you know, the joy I have may not be in in riches of men or wealth. I may not be very wealthy or rich because I believe that I'm beyond riches and wealth. Hallelujah, somebody. (coughs) However, I am very, very much happy with you because of the investment of heaven that I have imparted into everyone who listens to me. I'm very, very much rich. I'm richer than the richest man in England because I'm able to teach people of God and people all over the world the way of the truth so that you can understand how Bible reasons And what that will do for you, number one, it will help you to attain the destiny that heaven has written. It will bring you into a place where no power under heaven can hinder you. And it will also help you not to hinder yourself because you know the truth now. Hallelujah. Then it will help you that no man can deceive you. This is the last days that Satan is deceiving many people across the globe. You cannot be deceived if you follow the precepts that God is teaching in in this house. And I'm very much thankful to God for you, because during the week, we have been having various members of this church lead prayers, and this is our 68 day, 171, our 171 days, we have been praying together every evening at 7pm, and people join us from all over the world, those of you who have been joining this, this service, you know, from various parts of the world and various churches, I want to say that. Thank you so much for doing so. However, we have been praying now for all these days. But when we pray, and people lead prayer, I'm so happy that the scripture that you read daily, out of those scriptures come prayer points. Amen? None of you is praying that God should send thunder to kill your enemies. Hallelujah. You are not praying against cobweb spirits. Which does not exist. Hallelujah. You are not praying prayers that come from human intellect or prayer that make feel good. No, 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 You are praying the will of the Father to manifestation. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. And you are dealing directly with you and God. You are dealing with your destiny. So that nothing can hinder you in your journey on earth and also in your journey to heaven. Um, that gives me joy. It gives me joy. It gives me joy so much more that I know I was sharing with my family. If the Lord Jesus does not come and I get to the age he had told me and I depart and leave you and go, I know that what God has established in this house will continue through you. It will spread like wildfire. Really, it will do that before my departure because the sovereign Lord had told me. You know, I've been discussing like a bargain with God for a few few Days now, (laughs) I've been trying to bargain my way with, with the Lord, but, uh, but you see, my joy is that, in you is the same spirit that lives in me, the spirit that wants to know the truth, and the spirit that follows God to letter, and I expect that, um, not only you, the generation down line. We can't continue in the same word of truth. Now today I want to complete with you the lecture that I've been teaching you. I started on Sunday. What we have been looking for the past two months is several things about heart and mind and thoughts. Heart, mind and thoughts. And we looked at several things that you need to understand about the heart of man, the mind of man and the thoughts of man. And in this, in this lecture, we have looked at your heart, number one, is your treasure house of every good and evil thoughts. All good and evil thoughts come from your heart. Number two, your heart controls your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Number three, every imagination and thoughts come from the heart of man. Thoughts, you know, and your imagination, they, they arise, they have their roots from your heart. Of course, you know that your human mind is the place of processing. And then number five, you have the power to control your speech. And you look at that, that's what I started teaching you last Sunday. We'll complete that today. You have the power to control your speech. Now, if I have shown you in number two, First of all, let me say, number one, that your heart is a treasure house of good and evil. And then number two, that your heart controls your mouth. Alright? And every imagination and thoughts come from your heart. That is uh, Exodus 11, don't forget it, from verse 5 and 6. And then, I'm now teaching you that you have the power to control <clears throat> your heart, your, your, your speech. Which means that if you can control your speech... You are, you are able to control your heart. Or if you, con- if you are able to control your speech, you have conquered your heart. Okay? And then you have the part, we looked at number four, you have the part to control your thoughts, then you have the part to control your speaking, and then we look as you have the part to control your actions, and then we end up this lecture with, you will give account to every careless word. I will together. So I will not rush this because important. The important thing with God is that you understand fully. It may take us one year, but if we can understand fully, God will achieve His purpose. So, number five, you have the power to control your speech. Now, let me just you know give you summaries of that, and we we'll continue. Last Sunday, under the title number five. Which is, you have the power to control your speech or your words. The first thing I said to you to note is that the Word of God is the solution to control your speech. And if you can control your speech, it means that the Word of God is the solution to control your heart. And if your heart is under the influence of the Word of God then your tongue will be your tongue will be will be will be under your control but if you have a loose tongue it's because you are not you are void of the word of god can i say this to you it doesn't have got to do with title or calling now you may be called to be a pastor an apostle a prophet to be called as a, a, a evangelist to be called as um, uh, a teacher, or you may be called to be the prime minister, elder, deacon, deaconess. Those calling have nothing to do with your maturity. Know that. And it has nothing to do with your ability that I'm talking about. Calling is a pre programmed and predestination of God. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, it says that, put that on the board quickly, please. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. It says, it says that uh, uh, to each one the the, the, the manifestation uh, the grace has been given by Christ. To so each one uh, uh, of us, got grace has been apportioned by Christ. And then if you look at the verse 11 of that scripture to verse 12, it says it was he who gave some to be apostles, to be prophets, to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. And then if you look at verse 12, it tells you the purpose for which he gave it. To prepare God's people for the work of service. So therefore, you are called, okay, before you were born. And when the time comes, you will be commissioned by the church. However, you may not be matured spiritually. Because God expects you to work out your maturity. So, someone can be in all those offices and their tongue is loose. People always make mistakes, they feel that, oh, a man of God, a whole man of God, I'm so sorry for you, there is no half man of God. And there is no half Christians. Oh, a whole Christian, what do you mean by that? The fact is that when you get born again, it is just the grace that came upon you. That doesn't make you a perfect person. It doesn't make you a mature person. So that's why you have... Christians who are still involved in abuse of their tongue, backbiting, slandering people, talking down people, lying or stuff. They are Christians. They are born again. They are born again. So, but for you to be able to control your tongue, you need the word of God. is the solution. So, the word, um, uh, Hebrew chapter 4, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any Two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrows, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, in this scripture, there's a lot of things there we can talk about, but the very area I want to focus is this. The word of God is the discerner of thoughts and intent, The purpose for which you spoke Is your intention. Your word is a function of your thoughts. What you have resolved in your heart is what you spoke. But the intention for speaking that, all right, is is different from your thoughts. Your thought is what you have solidly agreed, but there is an intention behind every thought intentions therefore could be what you want your thought to achieve or what provoked what you said and the Bible says that the word of God is live and powerful and sharper, it can discern Okay, the word of God is a discerner to be able to discern means to be able to weigh the impact of what you are about to say before you say it That is discerning. So your thoughts can be discerned by the word of God. And then your speech can be discerned by the word of God. The second thing about the word of God is this. That is the application to your controlling your words. Hebrew chapter 4 verse 12. It says for the word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword. Okay, now I'm reading the 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 first one is King James Version, the second one is NIV Version. On the NIV Version, it says it is is sharper than two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit. And marrow, and joint and marrow, it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So if you look at it in the New King James Version, it talks about, it's a discerner of thoughts. In the NIV Version, It says he judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Therefore, a person who is a Christian that lacks the word in his heart will speak without discernment and get into many trouble with his speech. He will say things that he will say, ah, if I had known, I would not have said that. But how long will you continue to do that? Because you see, the body of man responds to everything that is physical. But the spirit that is born again is concerned about the things that are spiritual. The next thing that we look at is Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 to 17. It says, let the word of God dwell, richly dwell in you. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, gratitude, oh, grateful, sorry, grateful, in your heart to God. And whatever you do, whether in words or deeds, do it all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God, the Father, through Him. Let me ask you a question. Everything you have done in the past 24 hours, do they glorify God? Come on now. Can God be there when you are saying those things? Or when you are performing those acts? And God will say, yeah, that's my daughter, that's my son, that's very good. You are really revealing me. Has Christ spoken through you for the past 24 hours? Have you tried to speak because you feel that you are what you want people to know you are? Have you spoken out of anger or reaction because you want to show that person that you are not a fool? Whenever things like that happen to a Christian, you have just walked in the flesh... And you have made yourself what you didn't want to. You say, I, don't want, I, I want to show you that I'm not a fool. Really, what will come out from you will be foolish words. Because intelligence don't react like that. And when you speak with pride, I was sharing this with my son when we looked at the scriptures. When you go into the midst of people that you don't know, never in your life begin to tell them who you are. Because if you begin by telling who you are, you may feel disgrace that what you are and you you think you are, they have passed it. All the people you are talking to have passed it long, long time ago. When they begin to introduce themselves, you will cover your face with shame. So it's always good for you to be quiet and hear what people are before you know whether you have to speak or not. Or else your word will bind you into shame. And so we need to understand that we have power to control our words. You don't have to be speaking and reckless in your speech and then apologizing after being reckless. Because the fact is that what you said cannot be withdrawn from the air that I've had. Neither could it be withdrawn from the heart that it had been deposited. Your repentance cannot change the thoughts that your speech had provoked. And therefore, your integrity has been put at stake because you are reckless in your speech before God. Really, some people may lose their life privilege before God because of their reckless speech. That is the reason why every one of us must know this. Put what you are under your coat. But put on God in deeds and in speech. Don't be driven by what you think you are, because whatever you are is nothing. There are people who are more. Pastor Sidney was talking with me some time ago. He went to Nigeria, you know, because he's a Nigerian. You see, <laughs> we need visa to get to Nigeria, so we cannot contest for the presidency of Nigeria, but he can. So he went to Nigeria and he met a man. <clears throat> the man looked so casual, just in shirt and trousers. He even looked grumpy. Okay? And we were talking, we were talking about his head is hot. Talk about finance, you hear him. Talk about law, you hear him. Talk about engineering, you hear him. Talk about anything, you hear him. So he said, as he was talking with his said this man is very intelligent. So eventually, you know, they became friends. And then the man, they began to discuss about, you know, fields and career. And he found out that the man has four PhDs. Okay? He has four PhDs. But he never spoke about that. It is his intelligence that spoke. Let the word of God guide your speech. Don't speak because of what you think. Which is provoked by your flesh. Ever. Because each time you speak out of flesh. You lay a barrier to your life. Against your life. You cannot contravene God. And expect the favor of God. Are we together? Because that scripture says whatever you do. Whether in words or deeds. So your doors. You know. Your doors or your doing." Is weighed by two factors, by actions and by speech. That is what is defined within the category of your doing. it. Therefore, I beg you in the name of God, obey the word of God, whatever he says. Whether you are discussing with a friend or you are in altercation, uh, you know if that has to happen. Or let me use the word disagreement, not altercation, because if I, I don't want to be a victim of lawyers there. Now, you are in a disagreement with people, and, you know, it's packed up uh, an argument. In your argument, you don't have to sin. And I've told you, when you get into argument with people, and you discover that the people have laid their opinion firmly, stop the argument. Because you cannot convince them. They have firmly decided. And if they ask you questions, just say, Oh, well, what opinion is, is good for you? I have a different opinion about that, but we don't have to talk about this. Because you, can, you must recognize that a Christian must engage himself in profitable trade. Anything that will not add value to you, it will not add integrity to you, and it will not advance your life. Why are you involved with it? Time, we don't have time for nonsense. Don't argue with anybody. I told you during the week, if somebody stab you at the back, keep moving. He's behind you anyway. That stabbing cannot slow you down. If you're an optimist, if your back is unprotected, they can stab you, no problem. Look behind and say, okay, thank you. And you keep moving. If you practice the Word, you will please the God of the Word. And then, whatever you ask, the God of the Word, He is bound to do it. Obligations and rights God said Whatever you do As God does Whether you are speaking Or you are acting Do it In the name of who Jesus You must know this Don't put Jesus to shame In getting yourself into useless arguments In trying to prove a point That is not acceptable publicly Are we together now Husband and wife, stop arguing if you are that one in your your house. Children and parents, stop arguing if you are arguing with yourselves. Ask yourself that your arguments, how is it placed in this scripture? Do it all in the name of the Lord. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. I have no problem in life. My problem is that I want to know God better. If that would be a problem. Therefore, Under that collusion you can write Always consider God in all you do Whether in deed or in words Consider God first So that's where I stopped last Sunday And I'm going further now This will going to move very fast I told you to note last Sunday Two things I ended up with Note What you are is your choice Write that down what you are is your choice. Number two. Your behavior defines who you are. Your behavior. Those are two things I ended up with last Sunday. Let me say something to you. It's just like that man who I said he has four PhDs. He was talking to Pastor Sidney. From his behavior. is very confident. Because he's well informed. You see. <laughs> so when you talk with him. He has no panic. He's current. In knowledge, intellectual knowledge. And he just, he, he gets, he, 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 he will be in control when he's speaking. You understand? And that is what reveals who he is. Your behavior, either at home or in the public, reveals who you are. And what you are is your choice. Can I say that in life, you have many things that try to shape human character many external factors beginning from the parents that brought you up the environment where you grew the school you went the friends that you kept and the church you go and office and stuff marketplace and stuff various factors try to shape human character but what you are from all those influences is your choice I will get now. Satan can make you do anything and God cannot make you do anything because God does not force His will. If God forces you to do something, God will not be equitable God. He will not be just God. God will give you an idea. He will give you an instruction. It is your choice to obey or not to obey. But if you pray God for hearts to obey, He can give you the heart that is God for you. If you pray God for grace, like we prayed yesterday in our prayer, isn't it? We prayed all that yesterday. If you pray God for grace, He will give you the grace. However, what you are is your choice. Now, the next thing is, you can make a change and always bear good fruit. Even if you have been bearing bad fruit. There's no such a thing that it is my It is my nature. It is my nature. I've told you in your house, don't entertain demons in your house. If somebody comes to you or fool you in your house and then they are talking about brother all day, and then they finish talking about brother day, they go to brother Joseph and they keep on talking how bad, how this and that and that. If you listen, this is what happens. Demons are speaking through them. Okay? So if you give them the attention, those demons will remain in your own house because they have a seed to, to germinate. To walk on the... Thoughts they have sold to you until that thought will influence your behavior and action in a wrong way. And you know anything that like Satan originates is to derail the righteous, correct? So you cannot be binding the devil when you are advocating for demons and having partnership with evil spirit. If someone coming and told you how bad the sister is, how this and that and that. Don't make a judgment. I know easily, you know how you get rid of people like that. Tell them, I will tell the person all what you have just said. Oh, I'm so sorry, I will tell him you are sorry too. And go ahead and say it. Oh, that will be destroyed, friends. That friendship should be destroyed. So that you save your head from hell. If your house is a center point of evil discussion... How many demons have you invited to cohabitate with you? Your prayer cannot take them away. Because where you have a decaying body, you can't get rid of green flies. Are we together now? You must know what prayer does and what prayer cannot do. There are many things prayer cannot do. And the Bible says so. Therefore, you can decide to make a change. Changing the way you think, changing the way you hear, changing the way you know, changing the way you apply, changing the relationship. How can you do it? It says in that scripture, Matthew 12, 33, 35. Make a tree good and its fruit shall be good. Make or make a tree bad and its fruit shall be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit... And he says you brood of vipers how can you who are evil say anything good now if you look at the inference of this scripture or connect this scripture it is what you make your heart that you are make your heart good and your product will be good make your heart bad your product will be bad how do you make your heart information whatever you inform your heart is what determines your doors and your your speaking If you change your information of your heart, you will change your behavior, you change your attitude, you will change your speech. That's what the Bible is saying. So, I may be a fool for many years to the age of 60 and I change to not be a fool anymore. Once I change, it does not matter my 60 years that I have wasted being a fool, now I have made a change. You can make a change at any time. You can make a change early. You can make a change late. It depends on when you had it. Nobody should say that Satan pushed me. I have an addiction. What is addiction? Addiction is what you systematically, by your own volition, educated yourself to continue to do. That's what you call addiction. Addiction is not a sin. I'm addicted to prayer. I'm, ad- I'm addicted to God. I'm addicted to loving God. I'm addicted to, 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 to following the righteous path. I'm addicted to be careful that I will not sin against God. So that if I do any mistake, I quickly correct it and quickly repent of it. Because I educated myself to do so. I'm addicted to love lot of people. You can imagine if I said evil about you to somebody and the person repented and then came public and said, that Apostle, you told me this about you, brother. I have repented. God forgive me. I don't want to be part of it. That would be terrible. And when I will now say it, confess before, <laughs> I know Holy Ghost program man like that. Holy Ghost program man like that. To humble man. Ah, he does not have secrets if that secret is a bad secret he should expose it because the Bible says anything that is done in the under the house shall be exposed understand therefore you and I have power to change for out of the overflow of the heart, or abundance of the heart the mouth speaks out of what overflows in your heart the mouth speaks verse 35 says the good man brings out good things out of the, his good study in him and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil store in them number two Your words have the power to justify you or condemn you. In other words, the word you speak can break or make you. Be very careful of your words. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 to 10. It says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. That will determine your salvation or your condemnation. It says, for it is with your heart that you believe and you are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and you are saved. Let us look at that in relation to what we are teaching about heart, mind and thought. What I have in my heart, you don't know it. Isn't it? So if the Bible says with your heart you believe and you are justified what it's saying is that with your heart you believe and your conviction is depending on what you believe. Because if I'm accused falsely alright and I am convinced in my heart that I did not commit what was said alright please just give me that verse only If I am convinced in my heart that God, that what they said is not correct, that conviction is in my heart. And it is by my belief. Isn't it? If you believe something, the conviction is in your heart. However, I'm standing before the judge. And my accuser is standing with me, accusing me of what I am convinced in my heart I have not done. And the judge says, Guilty or not guilty, I will not hesitate to speak what I believe. No, sir, I'm not guilty. Even from my countenance, the judge will know that I'm speaking out of conviction. Then the judge will say, Can you present your defense? Now, for the judge to discharge or acquit me, it is by my words, which you call testimony. It is by my words. So, in the judge listening to my words, or I've been cross examined by any other person, regards the situation. If my words does not correlate with my heart, then they will doubt my conviction. Are we together? So that is the reason why the things you say you cannot say that's not what you mean. Because with your heart you believe. If you doubt in your heart, you cannot be justified. If you have a doubt in your heart, your words will not correlate with your confession. You will speak out of fear. And when you are cross-examined over the same thing again and again, you will give three different versions of the same thing. Because the lie you lied before, you can't remember again when they bring you back to the cross-examination table you understand your heart and your mouth very important they determine whether you are discharged or acquitted they determine your freedom we are going to look at some characters now very briefly who this applied to he said with your heart you believe and you are justified with your mouth you confess and then what you are saved i want to look a few stories of people who believe in their heart and they confess in their mouth and something happened you can believe. You can begin to understand where I'm taking you to. Write these four things down from that scripture. If it says believe and confess, okay, conviction in your heart and you speak it out, that is what you call the word of faith. Come on now, are we together? You believe that? Nod your head. The word of faith is this: There are people who are falsely accused and you will see them they will say that i know god will vindicate me you have things like that before that's what of faith because they are really convinced it's a lie you are calling me what i'm not if i do not have power over you and you have more power over me there is a god in heaven who will intervene in the last minute and he will make your counsel foolishness so they have conviction that is faith anything that you cannot be convinced of Cannot produce salvation for you. Same thing with salvation to accept Jesus Christ. If you do not believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you cannot ask Jesus for salvation or mercy. You cannot. And so when we preach in this church, what we are doing is that we are we are trying to help you, bring you to the place where you are convinced that God is saying what He's saying. So that you will now accept in your heart, then your confession will change. Somebody is having a headache somewhere. Lord, I command every migraine. To depart from human head right now i cause pain to go now in the name of jesus christ of nazareth migraine go in the name of jesus listen to me conviction believe in your heart and confession must correlate for you to be saved number one write it down faith is the declaration of thoughts you can see Hebrew 11, and we'll look at that later on. Faith is the declaration of thought. Number two, your thoughts lead to your convictions. These are the things in fact from this scripture. Number three, your convictions lead to your declaration. And this, number four, is called the word of faith. And number five, your faith leads to your action. If you are not able to write this down join us tonight in our bible study home group and this is what we're going to be uh, studying. they will send it to you and if you are if you didn't receive it if you can log into the zoom we will also make it available on the zoom for you now let's go to case studies now this case studies, what i want to be looking at is believe in your heart and confess believe in your heart and confess believe in your heart there's an added they say in my in my from my village I'm not talking about my English village. I'm talking about the village I came from. You want to know the name? Join me in the evening. Let's look at these two things. Conviction in your heart. And confessing what you're convinced. They always say in that adage that anyone who keeps quiet his own will be quiet with him. You understand what I'm saying? In my heart, I want admission to Oxford. I never apply. For 20 years, I have conviction in my heart. Will I reach Oxford? I have conviction that I'm the chairman of HSBC. I have a dream. And when I went to university, I went to choose to study history. You will soon know that HSBC, to be the chairman, they don't tell history there. Oh, I went to do fashion design and I applied to bank. Let me see. Your conviction and your declaration, if they are synchronized, they give back to your intention in life, which cannot be hindered by any spirit. Enough of Christians accusing devils and demons. If devils and demons can make up their mind and do what they are intending, you have more power to do what God is you know has said to you. You have more power to be what God has said you will be. I will be. It is understanding these principles. Look at this scripture. I think the person I will read to you is Mark chapter 5 from verse 21. Mark chapter 5 verse 21. You know in that Mark chapter 5 there are two people there parallel. There are two stories there parallel. It says in verse 21, When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus, watch this, came there, seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on him on her so that she will be healed and live you see that is a desire a conviction the conviction is that if Jesus can put his hand on my daughter that is dying that girl will live that's a conviction but following that conviction he asked he asked he didn't say people should know know what are they God how many times you be saying people should know and they don't know? Tell them what you are convinced about. You know, one of the problems that that break many marriages is that you know, this matter of my husband should know. What would she know? Tell him. If your husband sitting down and tell him that you are my husband, you should know that you should do this for me, you should do this for me. You should same thing with your wife. I'm not happy with this, I'm not happy with this. And if your husband or your spouse tell you, I'm so sorry. Okay, amend it. Instead of arguing, someone says, I don't like it. You can't force that person to like it. It's what you don't like. It's what you don't like. And you don't give condition to somebody that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the reason why that is, is because you also are doing this. Are you justified to be a criminal because somebody committed a crime against you? You will be judged independently for your crime. You can't say that I was incited by his own crime. Listen to me. This man have a conviction that if I can call Jesus to my house, my daughter will not die. Let's see whether it works or not. Verse 26 says, 20, 24 says, So Jesus went with him. With your heart you believe, you are justified. But what you com- confirm with your mouth is what will be acted upon. God knows my trouble. You tell him, a large, crowd from the, from, from a large crowd followed and pressed around him. Watch this woman. And a woman there was there who had, this, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. See, the Jairus case is just an accidental sickness. But this woman had been suffering for 12 good years or 12 bad years, whichever one you call it she has suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and has spent all she had. So she was rich and she had spent all money she had. Instead of getting better, she grew worse. And the Bible says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Now, Somebody came to Jesus and said, My daughter is sick at home. Please, Jesus, come to my house and lay hands. And Jesus said, Okay, let's go. And while they were going, another person met him on the road, who said, Oh my, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. This is my condition. I don't have a house anyway, because she sold everything she had. Including house to make herself healed. And her case is worse. And her case is such that if they find out that she's in the company of Jews, she's unclean, she should be stoned to death by culture. She defies everything because of her conviction that it is Jesus of Nazareth. She defied everything. So, here now you can see conviction and a strong conviction. You can see different categories of conviction which are circumstantial. The circumstance of the priest is that he has a house and he knows he's a friend of Jesus. Jesus can come to my house. But the circumstance of the other woman is that I have nothing to offer. I don't even want them to know that I've touched him. But I know that I know that I know. This is where conviction is great. That if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. You remember the centurion? He said to Jesus, you can't come to my house because I am a sinner. I am a Gentile. Speak a word here. And my servant will be made whole. Conviction. Conviction and speech. Okay? If you look at that centurion, he says, I am a man of authority. I command a soldier, stand, he stands, sit, he sits, come, he comes, go, he goes. And I know you are a, the, the son of the most high God. You command the authority of heaven. If you say a thing here to sickness, it will obey anywhere in the world. You don't need to come to my house. You don't need to come to my table. Even he has a house. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, and Jesus said, "What a faith in Israel!" Others who are God's people have gotten used to God so much that they don't have such faith. It happens to us, ministers of God. So that woman, he said, because she thought verse twenty-eight, she thought, "If if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed." Thoughts. Okay, believe in your heart and you know thought is from the heart. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked who touched me. I'm going to stop here because I want to explain this and we'll stop. Now, I want to see the parallel or distinction between two Levels of conviction. The conviction of the Jairus, the priest, religious man. You know, let me say this to you. Jesus went, and when he went, if you read that, you don't finish it. When Jesus was going, he came to to the man and said, Don't worry, Jesus anymore, all that children of God. Your daughter is dead. Because their own faith is that Jesus will have healed the daughter, but Jesus does not have power to raise the dead. There are different types of conviction. And Jesus said to them that, oh, the girl is not there. She sleeps. And the people who are crying start laughing. (laughs) That is the world for you. We'll talk about that some other time. Maybe I'll take you deeper into that. However, come this woman. The woman said, I don't have a house. I sold everything. But I have a problem which is not solvable by any man or any medical hospital. But if I I know if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And the Bible says when she touched the hem of the garment of Jesus, power came. Let me say this to you. Your conviction will draw power. Your faith, it will draw power from heaven. When you ask God, when you pray to God, and you believe in your heart that God will answer you. On the premise of your belief and asking you draw power (coughs) you draw power there is nothing god cannot do the god of (coughs) christian is different from other gods all over the world the god of christians is different from the god of islam is different from the god of um, hindu is different from other gods every religious person have their own god The God of Christians is different because he he has a son. His name is Jesus. He has Holy Ghost. He sent his son to die for the world. And the God of Christians says, anyone who believes in his son will not perish but have everlasting life. If you believe that in your heart and you confess that in your mouth, you will be saved. That's the God of Christians. He said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance. To call you must be convinced with your heart to believe, and you are out of your conviction, and you are justified. It is your justification that gives you right to ask from God to drop to the the, the presence of God with boldness. Your justification. You know, in this church we have a story like this: a woman came to me many years ago. Pastor Sydney, Pastor, the Pastor um, Debbie, they were would be in that church. I was Pastor Baptist Church down the road there. I looked at the video. They showed me videos. <laughs> Mommy showed me video. I saw all of us. Interesting. I think I'll play that video to all of you. When we're dancing and jumping, all what we did is what we're still doing now. We just believe God. That's it. You can't convince me that God is not what God says He is. God did not create that being So I was in the church Preaching And suddenly a woman came in from the door At the entrance And by the word of knowledge I called the woman Come Woman come You know Preaching and then stop and say Woman come And she walked A visitor She walked in straight to the altar And I said God told me that you are barren She said Barren? I said Yes she said, I'm not barren, but I cannot menstruate. Oh, so, no, no. Uh, she said, yeah, her case was that she, 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 she does not menstruate. That's it. She does not menstruate. The other one is the usual blood in, in de- Therefore Town Hall. I said, she cannot, she does not menstruate. I said, okay, let me pray with you. I led her to Christ and prayed with her and rebuked the power and then prophesied over her all the children she will give birth to. Two girls and one boy and she accepted christ prayed over her the power of god hit her she was on the floor after some time she got up they gave her a seat the woman continued to uh, attend the church and i was teaching her teaching the whole church i told her what you must do here stay in this church and hear the word of god what i teach do and she continued and when god says that you have a child and then suddenly first month went, second month when six months went no child you know somebody just coming to church, when you say that God's promised you, he expect to go home and see it. Isn't it? They haven't known that there's a waiting time. God was dealing with her spirit. Because before God gave you children, it should make you matured and, and sensible to be able to handle those kids. So whatever cast may be. The Lord dealt with the main thing first. And then suddenly, I had to now move from that church to Nigeria. And the position that I was was that the church, you know, just told me to leave. Anyway, I had to move. And I was going to Nigeria. I had my last meeting with them, with the brethren. I was going through... Say, say, let, let me tell you. What happened was that some people ganged up in the church and accused me falsely. And Pastor Sidney and Pastor Emmanuel were members. And they were fighting for me. And when they came, I said, don't fight for me anymore. And one of them said in a meeting... If Jesus truly appeared to you, why don't you go back to your country and he will bring you. I said, that's it. I've had it. That's it. I will not sit down with you in this church anymore to discuss about my affair. I got tickets. Off I went. So when I was going in the last meeting, I never told the whole congregation because I didn't want to be the instrument that would divide the church. I kept that to myself, but they knew because they are part of committee. And the woman came and held my leg okay you understand that she was not a Christian okay so she only know Bible raw. I love to pastor young converts anything you tell them they do do I mean that I don't like to pastor you no 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 always approach me as you met me initially if you get used to the unction upon me and because you have been with me for years you cannot divide between me, your friend, and me, the messenger of God over you. You will lose many benefits of the grace in me. That's what I'm telling you. That will happen to them. Paul, uh, Peter, and John, they were out with him. Jairus was probably holding the hand of Jesus, no miracle, because they are used to him. Their faith is different from the faith of people who have not seen him. And so, the woman held my legs and said, you know, give me my child now. You prophesied that I will have a child. Where is my child? And when she did that, where all people were greeting me, I was going, and she just came and knelt down and held my leg. When she did that, my heart cried. And I looked to heaven. As I looked to heaven, she was there. My spirit connected with the throne of grace instantly. When I looked down to her, it was not I anymore speaking, but the one who created the heavens and the earth. And I said to her, by the time I come back, you'll be four months pregnant. And when I said that, I came to my consciousness. I, was, I bought a ticket to go for two weeks. Two weeks. And I told pastors and the rest of them, I'm coming back in two weeks. But I said, when I come back, you will be four months pregnant. That was the time I knew that my going is for four months. That is prophetic utterance. What triggered it? speech conviction if you believe in your heart and speak it out of conviction that is a word of faith in the vessels of god is the unction of the god of the vessel and you can draw the unction by faith convincing your heart and speak it out not looking at yourself that you are not worthy when will you be worthy you are not worthy because you are perfect. You are worthy because Jesus is worthy. He is the worthy one for us. None of us is perfect. None of us is credible. None of us are there. have the, we the, have the, 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 we met the standard of God. None of us, no man. No man under heaven. However, we are approaching with confidence because we have heard of him, we have read of him. What he says he is is what he is and what he says we are, we must accept it. The woman got pregnant the following month. She was being treated for fever for three months. And the fourth month of her pregnancy, I mean, God used me for the great crusade in Nigeria for 90 days at that time. Just for it to visit. And I came back. When I came back, alright, she was four months pregnant. That—that's All the children that God said she will have, she has them here. They are all here. They are now. Uh, the first daughter is married. Uh, the second is is here, and the son is here. They are all graduates now, professionals now. Before our eyes, they grew. I'm talking about believe and confess. I was preaching in New Cross uh, all since. Uh, no, no. Town Hall. A woman came to my service who had issue of blood. She bled every day. Really, she was forced to the service on that day because she had gone to several deliverances. You know all this kind of medication they give to Christians? False! They tell you deliverance, 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 deliverance. De- Some of you, they deliver you for several times. Have you had somebody that Jesus delivered twice? And yet people go. Because people love. Will I say, call that rational world yeah 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 it could be called rational world but we spiritual world is irrational it doesn't follow the order of physical as I was preaching the, the overpowered had to come to church that day I sat down just like left like that as I was preaching and I was moving I was standing I was teaching about the Healing power of Jesus Christ. And suddenly something came out of my body like electricity. And hit the woman. None of us know why she was there. She slowly fell to the ground like a, a, a person that is drunk. And she crashed. And as far as I'm concerned, anything that I'm not an author of, I do not try to complete it. You know? So I walked away from her and I kept on preaching. Because when I'm preaching the word of God, no action must detract attention of people. If somebody flew, like in New Cross, one day I was, I was ministering and somebody flew from the third row to the ceiling and turned horizontal and landed in the front and began to scream, no demons were coming out of her. I kept on what I'm doing because nothing should detract God when God is speaking. Or when God is being spoken, there is no drama that should deter or that should deviate people's focus. I will not listen to it. God started it, let him finish it. The woman at the close of meeting God ran to the toilet. She said that when she was in the service, she looked at her part. Her part was half wet. So she put that part back. You know, every woman in their bag, they carry back. Women carry bag. If you are a woman, you don't carry bag. I don't know whether you are a woman. Every woman carry bag, <laughs> Isn't it? So when your daughters are carrying bags, don't worry. But they have all manners of things, powder and stuff. In the bag of this woman is big. It's full of pads. She has been treated all over the place. In England, she wouldn't get healed. Same thing with the, the other woman I mentioned before. Is the wife of our pastor who goes to Germany. Pastor Adesai is one of us here. He pastor Germany, they're in Germany right now. So, this woman said the pad was half soaked so she put it back and she said that let me come let me go to the service when it's about two hours it will be very soaked then i will change it but let me tell you that two hours never came it will be so for you in the name of jesus she brought the pad out not only has her bleeding stopped but the blood in the pad vanished in this house i'm telling you the blood that she saw it seemed as if she did not see blood before In the pad, she was almost putting that part to everybody that remained with me there. Screaming, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. With your heart, you believe you are justified. With your mouth you speak and you are safe. You can get anything from God because you are a child of God. You are not less child of God than I am. We are equal children of God. If God listens to Apostle Williams, he will listen to you. But when I go to God, I do not have privilege of doubting him. I cannot doubt God. That is the reason why He asks us. And if you too make up your mind, He will answer you. Let's rise up on our feet. We are going to lift up our voices unto God. Begin to thank God for the gift of faith that you have from the Holy Spirit. Lift up your voice and begin to pray prayer of thanks. Lord, we bless your holy name. Thank you for the gift of faith that we got from the Holy Spirit. Begin to thank God for the gift of faith that He has given to you oh oh sovereign lord we exalt you it says that if you believe in your heart that god raised jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth with your heart you believe you are justified not by people's acquittal but by your faith you believe in your heart if you are condemned it's because of your heart If you are justified, it's because of your heart. Change your mind from the things that condemn you. If you have been having condemnation, it's what you focus your thoughts on. Stop thinking about those things. God has justified you. Whosoever the Son set free is free indeed. I come against the spirit of, of guilt in the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes, Lord, I will. La kabalo kalimosi kabonikiyar kata ya ba. Geriotos ki pa morodisi kai baratusu. Saradis. Thank you sovereign Lord. In Jesus holy name we pray. I